0: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. In our Old Testament reading for today, we heard about the recommissioning of Elijah, the call of Elisha, and then we heard in the New Testament about the call of Peter. Andrew was probably there, although he's not mentioned by name, and James and John into the apostolic ministry. This is a good Sunday to talk about the office of the Holy Ministry because it gives us an opportunity to hear about how God calls men into his service. But I would also argue that it gives us an opportunity to talk about how God calls us into various vocations, pastor or not, because God also Calls each of us, each man, woman, and child, into his service. Consider, even in the Old Testament text, for instance, God had told Elijah to anoint a couple of men to serve as kings, Hazael as king of Syria, and Yehu as King of Israel. These were not ministry positions. And those details are not insignificant. So we will take some time this morning to talk about how God calls us each into our various stations. First, let's talk about how it is that we are called. The prophets and the apostles were both directly called into their fields of service by God himself. However, God has called each of us into his kingdom in a different way. Instead of whispering into our ears, God has given us a sure way to know that we are to serve Him, and that is by receiving you at the font in Holy Baptism. God at that moment placed His name upon you. He cast His net out into the world, and He has hemmed you in by the net of His gospel call. When Peter told, Je- or when Jesus told Peter, rather, that He would be catching men. That command and promise that it would happen is the reason that you and I are in this place today. You have been baptized, and by that baptism, God has called you into the Holy Christian Church. But the reason this matter is important for us to consider about how God calls us into service, why that is important is because the idea of a Christian's calling has been confused over the long centuries of the church's history. Prior to and even after the Reformation, it was taught in some corners of the church that the only people that had a calling from God were the priests, the monks, and the nuns. The rest of Christianity had no real godly purpose in living their lives outside of going to church and taking part in the means of grace. Some jobs were even considered borderline sinful, including being married to a husband or a wife. That's why they didn't let their priests get married. Even among some of the Protestant groups that followed on our coattails out of the Reformation thought that civil service in government and even serving as a soldier in the king's army was a sin. Now, I think we've, by and large, recovered from these errors today, but I would argue that we've fallen off on the other side of the horse in a very real way. When I was a kid, there was a book called Everyone a Minister that was very popular in some sectors of the church, and it attempted to show how everything people did ought to be considered a ministry of the church. Now the problem with this is that it actually belittles the holy work that God has called each of us into, as if the work that we do in the places that God puts us isn't holy or God-pleasing. Consider the kings I mentioned earlier, Hazael and Yehu, God ordained them into those specific posts as kings. And they served at his pleasure. But even more essential than that, God has set us in various places in his created order that we can know more clearly who we are to love and to serve and how we are to love and to serve those around us. God has placed you each uniquely in offices that are suited only to you. He made you husbands, wives, fathers, mothers, sons, daughters, and workers in various fields. And the wonderful thing about this arrangement is, is that he has fit you into the place where you will serve the best. So, for instance, I might not be the best father in the world. I've already reconciled with that fact. But... I am the only one suited to be the father to my children. I think you get the idea from that. In fact, if you read the verses immediately prior to where the text from 1 Peter 3 picks up, you'll read St. Peter's table of duties to husbands and wives as he gears up to talk about the duty that each Christian has. And that is what we're going to talk about next. Saint Peter speaks to all Christians in his text. He says, to all of you, regardless if they're fathers, mothers, sons, daughters, wives, or workers. The first major chunk of that text from 1 Peter 3, as it's printed in your bulletin, is basic bread and butter, love your neighbor as yourself stuff. He calls us to have a unity of mind, sympathy, brotherly love a tender heart and a humble mind he tells us don't repay evil for evil bless others turn away from evil and pursue peace we ought to think of the evil that saint peter condemns in us as saint peter's fishing business jesus called him to leave everything and at the end of of the reading from luke Peter does. He leaves everything and he follows after Jesus. Jesus calls him to take up his cross and to follow him. And in the same way, Peter, by telling us to avoid evil, is also telling us to leave those things behind that we might follow Christ our Savior. So I ask you, what is holding you back from following Christ more fully? Is it some bitterness toward others that you cannot seem to let go of? You know how destructive a divided congregation is to itself. Jesus says a house divided against itself cannot stand. Are you holding your finances closer closer to your heart than the word of God? The scriptures warn us time and time again that money, the love of money rather, is the root of all evil. And that our earthly wealth is given to us that we might advance the kingdom of God here in the world and also to benefit our neighbor. Those two, by the way, are not mutually exclusive. What pet sins are you holding on to? Crosses are bitter and painful. They hurt. They require sacrifice and they call us to die to ourselves. But the vine must be pruned in order for it to produce its best fruit. So what is Jesus' end goal? Is it just to make us rich in faith and love? Though these are good goals in and of themselves, Jesus would eventually send out Peter and Andrew and James and John to become fishers of men. That is, to tell others of the saving work of Jesus, who bled and died that they might have eternal life through the forgiveness of sins, that God would not depart from them because of their sins, but instead would part their sins from them. God established the office of the holy ministry to create justifying faith in all who hear and believe the gospel, that their sins truly are forgiven for the sake of Jesus. How will they hear unless someone preaches? Faith comes by hearing, and hearing through the word of Christ. And this is why Peter, here in this text, does call you to a deeper faith in God and a life of love toward your neighbor. When the world sees you clinging to your Jesus, despite all that it does to part you from him, as you are honoring Christ the Lord as holy in your heart, you are being prepared for opportunities to give a defense for the reason for the hope that is in you. Why do you love this ragtag group of Christians so much, even though they may not necessarily be the most warmest group at first? Why do you throw away your wealth to the church When it's always asking you for more and more all the time? Why do you give up so much stuff, so much fun, and acceptance of the world for the sake of following Jesus? Why? Because He is your Lord. He has redeemed you, not with gold or silver. But with his holy, precious blood and with his innocent suffering and death, that you would be his own. That's right, dear saints, everything you have and everything that you are belongs to Christ. And that is good news, because it means that who you are and what is yours does not work in service for the devil, the world or even your own flesh. And it also means that you are more than the sum of your possessions. You are not simply a number on a spreadsheet. You are Christ's. This is the hope that is in you. And Christ has called you to lay all of that, all that you have and all that you are at his feet and to follow him. And if he has provided for your eternal salvation how much more will he provide for you in the things of this life? In Jesus' name. And now the peace of God which passes all understanding. Keep your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus our Lord.